looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Past the Post. It's Sunday, June 11, and we are post-Star Stradbroke Race Day. I just want to give a quick shout-out straight away to our very good sponsors, Archer Park Racing. They had TikTok Queen in the Stradbroke yesterday. Of course, she won the game where that earned her a start into the Stradbroke. Uh, expectations weren't high, understandably. She was a triple-figure horse in the markets, but she ran out of her skin. She beat more home than beat her, so I'm sure the Archer Park Racing team would be justifiably proud of TikTok Queen. So a great effort there, and great to have her under the Stradbroke. Don't forget archerparkracing.com. .au, go to the website, see what's available for sale. Look, yesterday, I was proud to be part of Queensland Racing yesterday. I don't say that too often. For a number of reasons, I'll talk more about it tomorrow. But uh, yesterday was to describe it as a wonderful production, what uh, Strabrake Day was at Eagle Farm, for, for many reasons, but all the stars aligned to present a great day. And Ben Dorries joins me in the studio this morning. I'd be surprised if you didn't... Um, I'd be surprised if you disagree with me. Yesterday was a wonderful race day. Yeah, it was a bloody ripper, David. And as you say, lots of things contributed to that. Um, the Eagle Farm track was terrific. And, you know, that should be a given. But so many times in the past, in past years, we've turned up and that hasn't been the case. That was terrific. The weather. I mean, we take that for granted too. But mm. there was a lot of Victorian and New South Wales visitors yesterday. And they, they've walked in and it's 24 degrees and sunny, not a cloud in the sky. It was a ripping day. A great atmosphere there. And we saw the emergence of uh, a roll goal star, didn't we, in the Stradbroke winner. Think about it. Um, I think now that horse is in the same sort of conversation with Giga Kick and I Wish I Win. Mm. Probably not at their level yet, but certainly in the same conversation for the title of Australia's best sprinter. He's not there yet, but he's in the conversation. Well, it was, it was the star Stradbroke season for the BRC. I think they had uh, six meetings from Guineas Day back in late April to the five at Doom and Eagle Farm. Yesterday was grand final day, was the culmination. And I think a, a star was confirmed with thinking about it. I think stars emerged yesterday. We'll talk more about this in detail because this morning in the program, it's a complete wrap of Eagle Farm. We'll look at every race and they deserve to be, to be discussed. But uh, it was a wonderful race day. And look, I said to someone last night, uh, you know, almost like a wanker, which I'm often accused of. But, you know, the sky was blue, the grass was green, the, the, the setting was perfect, and, and the racing um, uh, simply lived up to what we thought it would uh, on paper. So a great race day, and there were nine results, and we're going to discuss all of them. So let's uh, not waste any more time, and let's go to the big one, the $3 million, the star Stradbroke, and think about it, was the Stradbroke favourite? Racing! Great start of the Stradbroke. Scalapini flew out with Gentleman Roy. Rothfire out wide coming across steadily in a Y50 settling in fourth. Not far away soon after the start was Palaza Pan, then Chain of Lightning. Followed by Cardinal Gem and TikTok Queen, then Surf Dancer. Think about it. Midfield and a bit deep, followed by Ruthless Dame. Near the inside, Superstorm, then Valana, Royal Merchant. Converged fourth last in the first call. Then 11 11 half cabinet. Holy Field is last. 12 legs top end to tail. 850 left to Rana and Gentleman. 
gentlemen. Roy Hughesbury, wonderful advantage. Leads Rothfire by three quarters. Hawaii 5-0 sitting pretty in third. Scalopini fourth. Chain of Lightning fifth and exposed three wide. TikTok Queen sixth around. Then Palazzo Pad. Think about it travelling three wide but with cover. Volana right on his back then Surf Dancer. Cardinal Gemma that bunch and then came Superstorm followed by Aft Cabin. A long way back Ruthless David Royal Merchant with work to do. Then 11-11 Converge trying to thread the needle and Holy Field turned in last. They're in the straight of the Stradbroke. Gentlemen, Roy Rothfire. Hawaii 5-0 bursting between the pair. Chain of Lightning joining in. And here comes Think About It. Descending down the centre of the track. Rothfire, the Queensland to reach the lead. Think About It's got him. Is there anything coming from the back? Not at this stage. Think About It goes for home. Clipping it, riding high. You've got a boy. Think About It. The favourite one, the Stradi. Beat Rothfire. Hawaii 5-0. Ruthless Dame. Then Palaza Pan, Chain of Lightning. Followed by Converge, TikTok Queen, Aft Cabin, Valada, then Royal Merchant, Gentleman Roy, Cardinal Gem, Wellback Surf Dancer, then Scalopini, Holyfield, Superstorm, and 11-11 is last over the line. The favourite wins the Stradbroke. He certainly did and confirmed his uh, star status. Sam Clipperton riding a magnificent race. Joe Pride, the trainer. He's always very generous with his time. And fresh from success, he's our first guest this morning, appropriately, here on Past the Post. Joe, good morning. Congratulations. Yes, I am. Good on you, mate. Congratulations. You know, we spoke on Thursday morning on, on Radio Tab, and I asked you about the synthetic hall filler, and you said, no dramas at all, no no worries, don't, puppies, don't worry about it. You know, Friday night I spoke to someone on the phone before the, the Stradbroke Day, and I was saying, this is a great race, I don't know what to do. He said, David... Just select the best horse. And in the end, Joe, the best horse won. You beat 17 other very good horses, but you were the best horse on the day. Yes, no, that's it. And it, um, his lead-up form was in, it was impeccable, wasn't it? And I guess it's the nature of punters to sort of search and look for something beyond the favourite because they want a bit of uh, so-called value. But <laughs> in the end, the value was with him. So, Yeah, uh, congratulations, Joe. I think the person actually who... Best summed up the Stradbroke yesterday was, strangely enough, Rachel King, who I heard dismount from Hawaii 5-0, which ran third. And the first thing she said to Connections was, I think we got beaten by an absolute freak. Now, that's some sort of statement, but I think it potentially summed up your horse. Yeah, look, hopefully. Um, he's certainly trending the right way. And um, he he's just improved so much at each run. And it's been very hard for, for anyone to sort of quantify and measure that. And I guess that's where the... Again, maybe where the, the, his drift in, in, in his prices almost every start comes from because um, people just aren't able to quite capture where he's at at the moment or at least quantify it. And, um, it's just an exciting ride to be on. He's, um, he's a horse with unlimited potential and it's, you know, it, would, it would be... I'd be very surprised if after 10 starts we've seen the best of him. So uh, it's exciting to think what could come. Satisfying to win a Group One race, of course, but I think even more satisfying from from a trainer's point of view. There was a clip there on, on Channel Seven on their Twitter uh, handle. There, you were interviewed, I think, in late February, it might have been after the Liverpool City Cup, and and you were asked about, you know, what's the future for Think About It. You immediately said the Stradbroke, so that was like late February. Here we are now in mid June. It all came to fruition. So, apart from winning the race, actually planning for this uh, must give you, a, you know, a great feeling of satisfaction. Yeah, definitely. I saw the replay that myself last night. It's nice when you get it right, isn't it? So <laughs> we make enough statements. We probably only replayed the ones when we get it right. But it was it was one of those ones. 
we get, you know, and you should, you get better at what you do as the longer you do it. And I've been training now for, I think I started in 2001. So I've been, I've been at it for, for a while and had some very good horses. And you learn with that, um, or I feel like I have, a, you know, a, patience and, and, and a sense of where horses fit into the grand scheme of things and to me the horse wasn't ready to be tested out in the in the in the autumn carnival and uh, I'm glad I didn't because we could have headed for maybe a you know, Doncaster and hit a heavy a really heavy track which might have bottomed him out and we gave him a little freshen up and um, the Stradbroke seemed like an obvious target so it's just nice it all came together for him. So I think most people would have said Joe going into yesterday that certainly Giga Kick and I Wish I Win were the two real flag bearers in the sprinting um, Australian sprinting ranks. I mean you, you may not quite be at that level yet I'm not sure but you're certainly in that same conversation now with, with those two horses aren't you? I mean you're third favourite for the Everest behind those two and with only upside um, yeah. gee whiz, there could be some excitement ahead. That's definitely right, and um, you know, um, I, I think the other two have probably got upside as well. Um, so it's, it could be a really exciting spring. We will see these horses clashes and ever clash, and everyone will have their favourites. And um, it's just nice to be part of it because I was sort of thinking, obviously with Eduardo the, in the twilight of his career, private eye with a couple of issues there with his with his knee during the during the. During the, well, during the winter, really, but I'm confident I can get him back. But you know, figuring maybe I wasn't going to be part of it this year, uh, the spring that is with the sprinters. But um, certainly, certainly got one good hand in it, and I, I believe I'll get Private Eye back there as well. And that could be that would be fantastic. If we can get two back in the Everest again this year. You mentioned you started trading in 2001. I remember you brought Red Oog up to win a, a 10,000. I think 2005, 2006. But um, you were interviewed extensively yesterday in a number of forums. You, you you keep thinking this is the best one I've got. Terra Vista, I think, and then Private Eye. Think about it now. Um, this is probably the best one you've 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 had. Well, I, I guess all you can do is line horses up at similar points of their career, and he's got the best record of any horse I've ever had at mm. this point for those first ten starts. I think Terra Vista had won six or seven of his first ten. I think Rain Affair had won nine of his first ten. As well, mm. um, and he was—he was—he looked like he was treading the right way, but his knees sort of got the better of him. He won nine straight in town, Rain Affair. He's exceptional. So he never won a Group One. He ran second and, and four Group Ones. This horse has already won two Group Ones in his first ten starts. So it's, it's kind of hard to—it's hard for me to say that he isn't the best horse at this at this point. And his versatility is a real weapon too, isn't it? I mean, he can—you can pretty much put him anywhere in a race. We've seen him win races, you know, off off all sorts of tempos and, you know, spots in running, etc. So he doesn't necessarily have a established running pattern as yet, does he? He's sort of... No. He's very versatile. He, he's, we're creating one for him, but no, he doesn't. The, the amazing thing about yesterday, I thought, was... And I've watched... You know, I'm, I'm 50, 51. I've watched a few straight breaks in my time, and most straight breaks I've seen, I've watched the lead in the straight change maybe two or three times, and the race just changes complexion. That race... It's easy to say now, but that race was over at the 600. As soon as Sam eased him out, it was it was a one horse race. He just surged, and he was never going to get never going to get beat. Um, there was no yeah, it was it was an unusual Stradbroke. You do, you do normally see don't you like horses sort of you know something surges to the lead and another horse comes and it's, it's mm. uh, but it was a one act affair. So it was brilliant to watch. This would be lost on many people, but I'm sure it's not lost on you. And it's not lost on me as the broadcaster of the races. I called him in the Kingsford Smith. Three wide cover, you know, just a tad better than midfield, looming in the early part of the straight, having the race covered off. Yesterday, the Stradbroke, three wide with cover, a bit better than midfield, 
looming in the early part of the straight, having the race covered. It was almost like watching the Keats for Smith again. But you know the other other factor? His sectional times, furlong by furlong, are almost identical to the Kingsford Smith. So not only is this horse now a, a, a twice group one winner, but it's the consistency that he delivers the performance. And it's quite extraordinary. And I, I could show you the figures. They are almost identical to the Kingsford Smith, furlong by furlong. Yeah, yeah, OK. Yeah, and it, it, like you said, it was similar to watch, isn't it? Mm. I mean, this was a bit more exciting, obviously, because it was a, a Stradbroke. And um, I can't help but feel, and if, I mean, the times are the times, but I can't help but feel yesterday's effort was an improvement on the Kingston Smith. Mm. Um, to me, it seemed like an even more dominant win. Um, uh, and at each of his runs, he's clearly got better, and that's it's an astonishing thing to watch a horse just go through the grades that that quickly. It's just, it's, as I say, not, not something I've experienced before with any of mine anyway. What do you make it? Going into the race, we all thought it was a particularly strong shrub rate, very competitive shrub rate. Looking back on it now, um, what do you think? I guess maybe the only small question mark is, I mean, we had Palaya Pan run fourth at 100 to 1. Rothfire yep. is a very, very good horse, obviously, but ran second from, from the widest gate. So... Uh, you know, uh, some of the favoured, favoured, other favoured runners, I suppose, w- w- were back in the field. Looking back, do you think you've won a pretty strong Stradbroke, or, or what do you th- what do you mean? Um, well, look, I, it's probably not as strong as last year's. You know, Alligator Bowden Private Eye. Um, I thought that's you know that's probably going to go down as a, as, as a stronger Stradbroke, but there's no, no easy Stradbrokes to win, and it's sort of where this horse has hit it in his career at his tenth start. As I say, it's hard to imagine he's not going to get better, so I'm not too worried about you know what he's beaten along the way. Because, and I heard a lot of people saying that a lot. Oh, it, with each of his wins, oh, he only beat this horse in his last day, or he only beat this horse. Well, you can only beat what's put in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he continues to do that. So, and that was, as I say, it was a dominant win. He was never going to get beat. So, really, you know, whether it's a strong show broker, or it, as it turns out, or, or not a strong, it, it doesn't matter because it's the trajectory of this horse. Mm. And I'd actually disagree with you. I, I think this year was a stronger show broker. The reason I say that is that. The hardheads were there, like the Rothfires, and they come up towards the top. But horses like Hawaii 5A, Ruthless Dad, these are horses that only had six or seven starts as three-year-olds. And you know they've got great futures. Like Hawaii 5A, he ran, ran the race of his life. Ruthless Dame, she'll be in the, in the tiara. These are horses of the future. I, I thought it was a strong strap break. But just before we let you go, so we know the Everest is there, and you've, you've outlined the plan to have one run, I think, in the premiere before the Everest. But take us after that. There's a four-week window that you've had a bit of conversation about after the Everest. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I would like to get into the Champions Mile, um, but but that's going to be dependent on him coping really well, and he's going to get a he's going to get a five-week break now, which I think is sufficient. I'm, I'm happy with that. that's what I did with Private Eye last year. But it's getting into that Champions Mile, which Private Eye wasn't able to do last year. But Private Eye had to do it on a week turnaround. This year, there's actually four weeks between the Everest and that in that day, mm. so I feel like I've got time, and I'd I'd most likely run in the um, uh, what it'll be called the Giga Kick this year, but that 1300 meter mm. race at Rose Hill, and he's going to have to jump up then 300 meters, but he'll have two weeks to do it. Whereas I say Private Eye had to do it in a week turnaround last year, so um, I feel like there's time to get in there. And if it, look, if I if I can't run him in that race, I'm not I'm not worried, um, but I would love to see him over a mile, and I. I'd struggle to think that he wouldn't run a mile given what he did yesterday. Exciting times ahead. And and, and, and the win yesterday, too, was good for the race itself. I know that doesn't mean a hell of a lot to you, but I'm sure you, you appreciate it. You're a, 
you're a proud racing person. Uh, you, you're invested in the business. But for the favourite to win the Stradbroke and a horse who's a star, not probably in the making, but a star now, I think that that added great luster to the race yesterday as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, it's good. I mean, it's, I understand it's, it's Is it the richest race in Queensland racing history yesterday? Uh, yes. I did hear that. I mean, that's, yeah, that's something. When you put on a race for that kind of prize money, you want to attract a really good field and you want it to be great for the game. And I think, uh, you know, exactly. It was a race that, that lived up to its billing. So. Enjoy your day. Thanks for your time. And thanks for your time right through this carnival. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be talking to you later in the year when uh, bigger and better things are around. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, well, I'm back up in a couple of weeks' time anyway. We'll bring a big, big, big parade up for the, um, for the, the Healy. So, yep. yep. Good, good luck then. Great. Thank you. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Joe Pride joining us this morning. Always very generous with his time and uh, a deserved winner. And, and the favourite one, the Stradbroke. I think that's always a good thing. Yeah, I mean, look, I suppose the only question, and, and Joe sort of alluded to this was... It, there was no question that he was a rightful favourite. There was no question he was arguably the best horse in the race going in. But he started three sixty. He was two dollars eighty or three dollars for a lot of the week. Just going into a Stradbroke with eighteen horses, and there were some very good horses in there. Were you sort of prepared to take three dollars? And and I wasn't. I've got to say, and I didn't tip him on top for for that reason. I, like I mean, if I was tipping purely on, if forget the prices, I probably would have had him on top. But I just sort of thought, you know what? There's other angles. There's, there's arguably mm. better ways to play this race than back the three dollar favourite. But you know what? Uh, he's won by a length and a half. And if we look back, you know, if he wins a Everest or something in the in the spring, we'll look back and think the three dollars sixty that he started in the Stradbroke was a complete luxury price, yeah. won't we? And, and as I mentioned there, with horses, there are peaks and troughs with performances. Ratings can sometimes zigzag. They fly one day, they don't go as well the next. But I can tell you the performance in the Kingsford Smith was really mirrored in the Stradbroke yesterday, and that that is backed up by his racing position uh, and his times as well. Uh, great credit to Sam Clipperton. What a wonderful man he is. Like, very considered in, in his, his post-race speeches and knows this horse is making him or has made him. And uh, he was very gracious there yesterday. Yeah, just a good human being, I think, Sam Clipperton, and obviously a very good jockey. Look, of the beaten brigade, Rothfire, I mean, seriously, what a horse. I, I, I mean, like, from the outside gate, top weight, uh, you know, beat home 16 other horses. Mm. I, I spoke to the, some of the connections uh, post-race, Lou Yates, uh, who's a tremendous lady, she was in tears. She said, look, this is as good as, just about mm. as good as winning a group one. Like, mm. this was, this was, to be fair, this was one of the performances of his life, I reckon. Um, you know, ran third, obviously, in the race last year. You know, uh, I don't know what more we can say about this horse. Just tremendous. Hawaii 5 uh, had his chance, really. Yeah. Uh, ran well, but just had the the sweet seat right behind the leader, and I was thinking, oh, like, I'd just taken this horse on for everything. I think I said something silly about this horse on, on, on this show last week. I think I might have said something silly as well in the column I wrote. I thought, uh-oh, this horse is just That's getting unusual for you. a peach of a run. But, look, he, he ran well. Palayapan, uh, you know, ran out of its skin. Ruthless Dame was good. Chain of Lightning loomed at one point. Converge was the interesting run. I thought was really heavily backed into six dollars fifty. Pretty much, but, so, yeah. but just got into a just got too far back, and he was just never a winning chance. Flew home nicely. TikTok Queen, you referenced, and the rest of them really, uh, I guess, were making up the numbers, weren't they? Rothfire, as you said, for the connections. Uh Great performance, uh, beating everything bar think about it, and ran into a star on the day. 
where does Rothfire go to? What race can he win? And I was chatting with someone last night, and they made a good point. They said that race now that has been transferred to after the Flemington Carnival, the Rupert Clark, yep. 1,400 metres, uh, would be a great race for Rothfire. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he, as we said, he, he ran out of his skin. Facts and figures were against him. Uh, he had the outside gate, the, the 57, top weight in a Stradbroke, but he was brave. And, and Rob Heathcote was spot on. He said, 1,400, this is his go. And, and he, he, that, he franked that yesterday, Rothfire. And $540,000 for a running second. Mm. That's, uh, that's terrific carrots, isn't it? Not you know? bad, not bad. I think we can say any more. It was a, a great addition of the Star Stradbroke, as we said for the first time, $3 million and a very deserved winner, the favourite. Think about it winning. Let's go to the other group one, the JJ Atkins, big field here of two-year-olds, and it was a wide betting race. Up to the turn now. 500 left to run of the Atkins. And Snapback has set a heady speed. Turns in front from within reason. Three wide Felix the Scat. Getting up to the inside. Purveyor. Then Californian. Miracle of Love and Trifling. King Colorado. Here comes Tannhauser. He thunders down the centre of the track. Sofrano winding up. Miss Jolene and Chrysler even deeper. It's still Snapback to find the challenges. King Colorado all of a sudden pounces. Miracle of Love comes at the pair. Wider Tannhauser. Miss Jolene. 100 left to run. And King Colorado. Shot to the lead for Byron Eustace and wins. Wins the Atkins. Beats Miracle of Love. Photo third. Tannhauser possibly from Miss Jolene. Followed then by Snapback. Then came Sofrano, Chrysor, Congregation, Purveyor, Solidify, Azula. Then Chevron, Californian. Well back trifling. Out towards the tail was Felix the Scat and within reason, last of all. Having only his third race start, King Colorado, he'd run just behind the place goes on debut at Kembla, then won at Kembla, maiden only a few weeks ago. Third run, Jason Collard riding from the good gate, um, drove through the pack, got to the lead and won and landed some big bets. This was a long price betting move. Yeah, so officially I think it was $31 into $14, but actually got out the 41 in that period as well. So you could say 41 into 14. So that sounds big enough. But if you consider the night before, mm. $91 was available about this horse. In fact, after the races yesterday, I had a drink with a couple of blokes who backed this horse at $91, and I think both won 10 large. Uh, they were absolutely low-flying. They were quite charged, as you can uh, imagine. So, look, extraordinary training effort, really, off a Kembla Grange maiden win. And I actually went back and had a look at that win this morning on video, and it was an impressive win. Instead of sitting three and four wide the trip, and running away from them. But, I mean, to go from that to the J.J. Atkins, I mean, wowee. Absolute fairy tale sort of stuff. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but we, we looked at this race. Most had come out of the size produce, and uh, there were other form lines. And I think if, if you really wanted to analyse the size produce carefully, uh, it was a bunch finish. So any other form lines outside of it had to be respected. Maybe we didn't respect the, the Kimball and Grange maiden form line well enough, but obviously some punters did, as you said, because that was a long price move. And uh, great ride by Jason Collar. That's his sixth Group 1 victory. Mar and Eustace, Kieran Mar and David Eustace, had a great day yesterday. I think they won five races at Sandown. And, of course, a double. They won the first race. We'll hear that later with namesake. And they won a race somewhere else. So I think it was like a career best for them. Winners on the day. The other element to this story, it was a real fair, fairy tale in another sense. So this horse is part owned by a syndicate called the Stable of Stars, and they've just literally launched. And it's made up of, um, I think, 47 uh, small-time owners. 
Uh, most of them thought they could never, uh, you know, afford to have a share in a, in a racehorse. It's micro syndication stuff. Uh, but they were all on track yesterday. This is the first horse that they've had a share in. Uh, never thought, you know, never knew anything about horse ownership, thought it was out of their league. And the first horse they've landed on is a Group 1 winner. So it reminded me a little bit of the scenes, maybe not quite as raucous, but remember when Prince Fawaz yep. won the JJ Atkins and the, the group of owners went completely bananas? It was a bit like that. And, uh, yeah, as, as we said, the other element, 91 effectively in the $14, that is some sort of confidence. I'm not exactly sure where the money came from. Maybe the uh, the owners, uh, they've all had, uh, they've all gone chips in perhaps, I'm not sure. But look, um, the, the, this this race is, a, is always a difficult race to assess in terms of its value before the race you say oh, big field no standout the race is run and the result will show king colorado winning at 14 dollars. and you might say maybe with some legitimacy you might say oh, 14 14 chance won the race but this race you have to wait six to 12 months to see how it pans out now sometimes it throws up horses that don't go on Sometimes it throws up winners that do go on. A couple that do go on, think about the Autumn Sun. Think about Rothfire. Think about uh, uh, She's a even last year. And there are some others that haven't gone on. So it will be interesting to see uh, how the, 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 the format of this race uh, stacks up in the future. But all you can do is win. I don't think the connections of King Colorado would mind... Uh, what happens in the future? They've got a group one on the board at start three. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Miracle of Love, the filly, uh, the Paul Massara filly, she's come a long way in a pretty short time. Uh, Paul Massara's already talking uh, about the spring with her. Um, you know, she was good. Uh, they sort of, well, not gaffed, but there, there was a you know, couple of links to anything else. Miss Jolene, the Queenslander, gee whiz, I know someone who backed Miss Jolene at 100 to 1 each way and was dead set going to run a place. Just sort of, I don't know whether she just... Yeah, ran out of petrol tickets or 10 hours was a little bit stronger in the, in the final stages. But that was a terrific run for Kelly Schweder and Jimmy Orman. Safrado, I think um, Damien Thornton reported he felt may not have quite stayed uh, the 1,600 metres. And, uh, yeah, I mean, everything else had their chance. All credit to King Colorado. Let's go to the Q22, the race that Ben loves, name-wise, for Sky Racing. The favourite was without a fight, $2.80. Here's the replay. Down the side, 700 left to run. Serpentine and Colding are still a long way clear. And now there's 600 metres left to go. They're out by five to Lions Raw, pushed along. Then came Luncey's, followed by No Compromise. Dewis working to the picture. Followed then by Young Werther. New Marion getting on its bike. Then came to the outside, was Banker's Choice. Without a fight, starts to wind up. Beyond the centre of the track, he starts to put in big strides. And Nonconformist was the widest runner. It's still Serpentine calling the shots at the Q22. Luncey's and here comes. Without a fight, he's got wings. Without a fight, raced up, dashed away. Nonconformist emerging for the ruck, then Luncey's, but mine are the only boys and girls because without a fight is awesome. He's down, won the Q22 and won it brilliantly from Nonconformist, Dewis and Luncey's. Then came Wetor, followed by, at the head of the other's fame, Banker's Choice, New Marion. Then came Serpentine, no compromise. Media Award, Young Werther, Lions Raw, Colding. Without a fight, was dynamic in the Lord Mayor's Cup and reproduced that performance to win yesterday's Q22. Anthony Freeman, of course, trains in partnership with his son, Sam, and he's been kind enough to join us this morning. Anthony, congratulations. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. And uh, 
job well executed. Uh, here for the two runs. Uh, enjoy this lovely Queensland weather. It has won both of them. So, uh, 10 out of 10. Yeah, it worked out really well. Um, you know, the, the horse would have raced early, earlier had he not had um, some issues in the spring. Um, so it sort of forced our hand a bit, but it worked out well in the end. So what he, he, he's had some surgery after the Melbourne Cup, did he, Anthony? And, and what were the issues? Because obviously we, we remember him getting well beaten in the Melbourne Cup, but he, he just sprouted. Yeah, he, he, he actually pulled up okay uh, from the Melbourne Cup. He came to us the following day. We actually planned to run him in the Zipping Classic, but because he'd been uh, brought out for the Melbourne Cup, he, under the current protocols he had to go through another scan before before he could run um in the zipping classic and they weren't happy with that scan and uh as a result he had some screws put in and uh he just had a, had a couple of weak spots that you know they were worried about and we we addressed them and you know the horse is now 100 percent. tell us the background to how you and sam have come to have this horse and and, and with the, the association with, with the new ownership? Yeah, look, uh, Sam went to uh, Newmark, Newmarket uh, quite a few years ago now, uh, worked for Roger Varian, who's a very good trainer there, and his main client was Sheikh Obeid. Uh, I, I think along the way, obviously, uh, Sam connected with... Uh, Sheikh obeyed and um, I think he might have saddled a winner for him or something along those lines and they sort of maintained connection and um, yeah, so it sort of went from there. For a um, for, for a stay, or I guess you could call him, his turn of foot's just remarkable, isn't he? He's just when the, the jockey presses the go button both times, he just absolutely explodes and the race is over in the twinkle of an eye. Yeah, look, he was always ridden on pace in Europe uh, and let's not forget, he was, he was a very good horse in Europe. I think he, he won uh, about half his starts. Um, and I just, I can see why they did it, because he, he, he does uh, like to run along a little bit, as you would have seen yesterday. But I think it, it's definitely um, opened up other options for the horse riding in that way and it's you know it's uh, seen him show that sort of turn of foot that you need in this country to, to win at the highest level is well will, will shago bait have a greater presence with your with your stable apart from without a fight uh look there's he sent uh two horses arrived from dubai last week mm. two tried horses not not in this horse's bracket, but and we actually bought five yearlings for him this year at the sales. So he's expanding, um, you know, his interest, and uh, he actually owns Dubawi, and um, he uh, obviously he's probably the you know the biggest named stallion in the world. So um, he's uh, it's great to have him uh, on board. He's obviously right up the top now of Caulfield Cup and Cox Plate markets. At this sort of early stage, what are you sort of, you know, thinking his spring might look like? Yeah, we'll, we'll give that a bit of thought. I, I do have a bit of a concern as to the way the horse travelled yesterday on what was a, 
a genuine pace. Um, so we're going to give that a bit of thought. Uh, he'll certainly be nominated for the Cox Plate. Um, that may become his race. We'll, we'll just, um, you know, we'll kick him off uh, sometime in September, I would imagine, and uh, start to formulate a bit of a firm plan then. And uh, how's Artorias uh, tracking along uh, ahead of Royal Ascot, Anthony? And uh, is Sam over there now? And uh, are you you're, are you heading over there this week, or what's the? What's no, the... I'm not going. Uh, Sam's already over there. Uh, horse travelled really well. I think he lost four or five kilos, which was I think last year. He lost a little bit more than that. So, I mean, he's his greatest asset is he's just a, a, a so so laid back travel. He's never going to concern him, and uh, I've seen a bit of vision, and the horse looks brilliant, and the weather's good, and uh, he settled straight back into basically his box that he was in last year. That's good to hear. Just before you go, and we appreciate your time, you, you talk about Caulfield Cups, Cox Plates. What was the report out of the Melbourne Cup last year? Because he got beaten a hell of a long way. Yeah, look, he uh, he's just not effect- effective on any soft ground whatsoever. Okay. Uh, they knew that pre-race, but uh, they travelled a long way and uh, they rolled the dice. But um, yeah, he just didn't handle it at all. I think uh, you know uh, he he was there to to run well, and uh, when, you know as it is with most horses, when uh, it came time to uh, pick up the tempo, he struggled in the uh, in the ground. Thanks for your time this morning, Anthony. Really appreciate it. No problem. Cheers. Anthony Friedman joining us uh, without a fight. Um, talking about a, a successful carnival, we, we've seen Think About It, we've seen Kovalika. He fits into this category well as uh, uh, one of the stars of the carnival, um, winning both of his assignments, and we look forward to seeing him in the spring. Yeah, doesn't um, the Queensland Carnival produce a horse? I mean, we think even Zaki, back to Zaki, mm. incentivise. Um, you know, now think about it, and this horse as well. Um, so it's a great launching pad towards Spring Glory. Nonconformist turned around his um, poor performance at Doombin to run second. Dewis had the perfect, perfect run. I actually had a few shackles on her. I thought she was going to produce and go bang. Uh, but Sam Clipperton said, look, he thought at the 600 he was going to win by length. Uh, didn't quite go on with it. Think she possibly may need a bit of headgear going forward. But, look, there was um, only... One horse, I suppose, it was ever going to win in the last 100 metres, and that was without a fight. They all had every chance. It was run at a genuine tempo. The field was spread out. There were no hard luck stories. Like, think about it, the best horse won the race. Let's go to the last race of the day, the Dane Ripper, uh, the traditional lead-up to the Tats Tiara in a fortnight's time. And many, many dollars, or shekels, as Ben would say, was, was invested on Opal Ridge, the favourite. In the straight, the sprint goes on. Miravision leads from Salatine on the outside. Opal Ridge giving its head good and proper comes after the leaders. And then came Juan Dever and Comrade Rosa. Opal Ridge, hands and heels, is narrowly in front. Comrade Rosa is going with it. Miravision is battling away. Opal Ridge with a battle on its hands. Comrade Rosa in front, down to the line. Comrade Rosa beat out Opal Ridge. Photo third. Roots driving through. She's all class, not far away. Aureus Angel out deeper. They're followed then by Mirror Vision, then Fine Point, Salatine, Tycoon Evie. Well back was, at the head of the others, promise of success, more profits. Juan Diva in September run pulling up last.
Comrade Rose, uh, I, I mentioned on radio yesterday morning, I said if you don't like Opal Ridge or you don't want to invest on Opal Ridge, you're getting good prices about the other horses in the race. She really dominated the market. Uh, and she came out of winning the, the Helen Coglin at listed level. Uh, the performance was good, and she's run to that performance again yesterday. Tony Gollan trains Comrade Rosa, not only a great end-of-day result, but a great result for the stable yesterday with a, a training treble. He joins us now. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Hey, um, let's say she's a revelation, Comrade Rosa, but she arrived here. I think I remember calling her at her first start, and... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how high expectations were, but I, I think it's fair to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, she's exceeded your expectations. Yeah, well, she, she's come a, a long way in a very short time. That first start was Ipswich, actually, she got beat. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I remember it yeah. now. Yeah, so do I, unfortunately. But she's come a long way in a short time. When she won those couple of races in a row, I thought the winner might be an option for her, but I did think it was going to come a little bit quick. Mm. I thought more of the summer might have been her go, but gee, she's come along really well in a short time. Opal Ridge obviously was the spruce horse going to that race yesterday, uh, was one of the emergencies for the Stradbroke and would have been supported, I think, in the Stradbroke. So, A, what were your confidence levels going in? And B, I suppose that the format of this race is probably going to stack up pretty well going forward, isn't it? Yeah, well, I thought this race, Ben, coming into it, was probably as strong a day in Ripper as I've seen, to be honest. I thought whatever sort of wins this would be right up in the market for the Tiara and I probably don't change my mind after yesterday but we were able to get a really good run we jumped really well you know, held a good spot on a very very slow speed Opal Ridge was caught deep and but once we got to the front we were there to be beaten we were in front for quite a way so I think she's an amazing job Maloney's ridden well during the carnival hasn't he oh he has yeah. he's a good rider Ryan like he doesn't make many mistakes he puts me in the right position and Particularly these horses, he knows them so well. He, he has a lot to do with them at home in our stable. You know, he's, he's a very important part of our stable, but he's a very good rider, right? She's $8 in the tiara now, Comrade Rosa. And and great for the Huddy family as well. Uh, great supporters of racing, just wonderful people, and great to see them there yesterday. Oh, yeah, they're, they're super. You know, Graham and Linda, they're, they're awesome people. They're, they're a huge part of our stable. The first horse they gave us was most important you know, many, many years yeah. ago now. And, and they've been around ever since with us, but they spend a lot of money on, on racing, whether it's with us or with other stables in general. But it's super when they can get a result like that. They bought that that, um, that filly as a, as a yearling, and she's done a super job for them. Terrific. You know, I'm often brought kicking and screaming to a table. Finally, you'll love these words from me to you. He's a good horse, Antino. <laughs> take it, take, yeah, take yeah. it, be a while. Take it, be a while to say it. But, but look, yeah. if, if, I was delighted. I love calling the Wade Wilson like after my former a, a friend and colleague. But yeah. he made a, he made a statement yesterday, Tony. He went to a new level, and there was no fluke about the performance. He came from behind. He beat them, beat them clearly, and he ran time as well. So. <laughs> I knew he'd say that when he ran time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. He broke 35. And, and Eagle Farm is, doesn't produce super quick times these days. And 134.96 is, is is good going. But uh, you probably knew what you saw yesterday. You knew about this. But to, but at least to see them do it gives you extra satisfaction. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like You kind of know, but you do want to see them do it. I mean, that was his most polished performance yesterday. That's the first time he's really put a field away. Mm. Like He won races. Obviously, he's a winner. I mean, he was seven from eight before yesterday. Then he was eight from nine. So we know he's a winner. But to see, see him do that yesterday, he sort of really puts the riding on the wall. 
gives us really good a good opportunity or good heart to go down south and, and see what he's got. I think yesterday was a very polished performance. He's a very exciting horse. I don't know where this, where his ceiling's at yet. So I think yesterday's a bit of a glimpse into the future, to be fair. So you're probably going to be spoiled uh, by choice, uh, for choice with him going down south. I mean, is it Melbourne? Is it Sydney? What sort of races? Like, I mean, it's going to be an intriguing puzzle, isn't it, as to what you, what you do with him in the spring? Yeah, absolutely, Ben. I think it is Melbourne with him for now, but and he's rating such. They're not getting into the Stradbroke yesterday. It's pretty, you know, tough pill. But I mean, that's the card you dealt at the start of the carnival. But he goes to Melbourne now with not a high rating, so I can get him into a nice low level, you know, list of a Group Three race and sort of work our way through the carnival. So distance wise, I don't know where that sits either yet. To be honest, I don't know whether it's a mile or it's two thousand, fourteen hundred. Who knows? So I think he's got, there's a lot to look forward to with this horse. He's, he's a very exciting horse. Question without notice. Where do you reckon he would have finished had he got a start in the Stradbroke, given, <laughs> given TikTok Queen ran eighth? Oh, would, right he, would he have run in the top six, do you think, in the Stradbroke yesterday if he'd have got a start? Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Top six for sure. But, I mean, the winner can't take anything away from it. He, he's an absolute winner. He's the New South Wales version of him and some. So, mm. yeah, it was a good Stradbroke yesterday, but I'm positive he would have finished top five. I mentioned that at the top of the show too, and I want to m- mention it again because they they present past the post Archer Park Racing for that mare to run as well as she did. They would have been tickle pig with that run. Oh yeah, she went super, didn't she? You yeah. know, like she's. I mean, I can take her back to a class three in a few <laughs> weeks. She'd be awfully well placed, won't she? <laughs> but no, nah, she was good. She's really good for them. They're they're huge supporters. We spoke about the Huddies, you know, a minute ago at Archer Park, and the same huge supporters of racing, particularly here in Queensland. So. You, you, you wish them very well when they get a horse like that. And King Kappa made a bit of a statement uh, yesterday in the old F Troop. <laughs> Serge Dame to run second. He just he just keeps on keeping on F Troop, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a beauty F Troop. I mean, the barrier, you know, told the tale for him, but he was super. But King Kappa, he's a, I think he's a very exciting sprinter. He's not top level, but, you know, that next tier down, you know, particularly in our summer sprint series here, later in the year, I think he's going to be a very good sprinter. I didn't think he could lead that race and win yesterday. There's always mm. going to be a lot of pressure in it, but. He did a very, very good job. Um, last one from me, Tone. Skirt the law, your Magic Millions, um, you know, girl. Where's she at? Um, and she's back wh- in work. Yeah, um, she looks amazing. Yeah, she looks amazing, Ben. She's back in work. She's very strong, fiddly now. She's grown a little bit, but she's really filled out. So she looks beautiful. She had a big, long break. Most of those two-year-olds, they go to those races and go to Sydney. They don't get much time off, you know, five, ten days in the paddock, etc. So she had eight weeks well, looks terrific. Uh, probably head to Melbourne running the quiz at, I'd say, first up, middle of August. And one from me, and and you've announced this yesterday, um, you are very generous yesterday uh, in your praise of your, your staff and your team, to, to, but to train three winners as our Premier Trainer on Stradbroke Day must have given you great satisfaction. Oh, it did, it did for sure. But, look, it's been a tough carnival for us and mm. for everyone. I don't think, I don't think anyone's... One you know, out of their turn in this carnival. No. Whether you get off, whether you get off, and you know you're Tony Dolan. I think it's it's been really tough. Everyone shared it, shared it about, and some Saturdays have been quite frustrating. But you know, yesterday, you know, it was champagne and roses for us, and I think our team would be really proud of that. All of them. A lot of work goes into it. I got you know, amazing staff and and team behind me. So I think they'll all be pretty happy last night because it's been a, a long, tough carnival, and to get three on the big day was, was super. Will King Capper go to the Healy in a fortnight? Yeah, I just have a bit of a look at 
what I've done with him previously. He could do. There's a graft and a morning as well yeah. for horses like him and F Troop. So I'd say King Kappa goes to Healy. I'd say F Troop goes to the morning. Good on you, mate. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. There he is, Tony Gollan. Trebled yesterday and um, and great to see our premier trainer shine on our biggest stage. Yeah, without winning a Group 1, yeah. like that's as good as it gets, isn't it, on a straight break day? Three, um, a, a treble. Uh, and running eight from the straw break with a 100 to 1 chance. I mean, if I would have told him that going into yesterday, he would have taken it 10 times out of 10. 100%. We'll hit the break button here on Pass the Post, and when we come back, we'll listen to some more of the highlights from yesterday's racing. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. We're reliving Star Stradbroke Day at Eagle Farm yesterday and still plenty of highlights to come your way. Thanks for your company. Of course, Pass the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Let's go to the Gunsin Classic. This was the second race of the day and it provided the shortest prize favourite. Yellow Brick, who was an emergency in the Stradbroke, was expected to win here. Punters thought so. They slammed him at $1.35. Heading by the 600 metres now. The Racketeer has dictated for a fair way from end assembly getting closer. Redina peeling off their backs, coming up three wide as they approach the turn. Soon so works into the picture four wide. And here's Yellow Bricks striding up boldly, five and six wide, heading a path down the centre of the track. They got to the Racketeer and end assembly. Redina dashed to the front. Soon so went to it. Now Yellow Brick has to come after Soon so with a little bit of work to do. Redina and Soon so from Yellow Brick still in third position. They're at the 100 metres. Redina kicking strongly from Soonsayer and Yellow Brick. He can't win. Redina in front and one. Beat Yellow Brick and Soonsayer. Then came Brookhaven and Sandpaper, followed by End Assembly, Pay and Bar of the Racketeer, and trailing them home was Betcher the Crown. Well, Redina is a nice type. He's by Redude's choice. That was his fourth career career win at start 12. J-Mac riding for Chris Waller, the first of a training double, first leg of a training double for Waller. Uh, McDonald gave this the perfect run. Look, um, Stewart spoke to Ben Thompson about Yellow Brick post race, and uh, to use his words, not mine, he said the horse was disappointing. I think, uh, and you know, Ben's a very, very good rider, but I, I felt he should have shown a bit more initiative in the early part of the race. I think many were surprised from Barrier Three, and there was no slow jump away. He began well to see him back as far as he was. Yeah, I agree with you, David. Um, I, I don't think it was one of his best rides, but you know, saying that he's a terrific rider, he's a terrific kid. We're 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 all in time, and I I stuff things up in my job, you know. Really? Yeah, from time to time. I, I don't think it was one of his best rides. I think the horse should have won. Um, and from where from where he was, I you know, you'd, even at a dollar thirty five, you struggled to see him winning with with the with the run that McDonald was giving. Uh, Red and here, but that's nothing. We're not taking anything away from that horse and Max Whitby, uh, who was very, very excited by the win. I sense he might have had uh, a few shekels on. He's moved to the Gold Coast, Max. He was telling me, so he's an adopted Queenslander now. Our, our man, Max. But look, uh, Yellow Brick got beaten yesterday, uh, but I think he's a very, very good horse, and uh, he'll be put away now. He's not going to go under the wing skinnies, and all roads will lead towards a Golden Eagle campaign. So look, I mean. A dollar fifty into a dollar thirty-five yesterday. There would have been a lot of disappointed punters, especially early in the day. Um, but uh, yeah, it was what it was. What it was. I don't think it was one of Ben Thompson's best. Let's go to the Brisbane Cup. Uh, great to see a big field here of fifteen contest the race. 
up to the turn. 500 left to run. Teofilo Star, the favourite, is still bobbing in the lead. Nerve not verve trying earnestly on the outside. Warning is boxing away, coming up strongly three wide as Teofilo Star is immediately under pressure and Warning grabbed the lead. Salido runs on powerfully down the outside. Cucaracha gets out. He's had an easy run. He comes after Warning. Warning in front, tackled by Salido. Cucaracha over on the inside and then True Marvel. Salido on the outside has got it narrowly. Warning won't give him that a fight. They beat off the others. They pair off. It's a slogging go. Salido and Warning. Salido's cup. Salido beat Warning. True Marvel third. Cucaracha fourth. Then Essential Sky Yaffet. Followed by at the head of the others, Alabia, then Platinum Invader, Tappy's Lad, Wellback Southern Stock, Nerve Not Verve, then came Long Arm, followed by Atlantos, Teofilo Star got very, very weary, and he beat only Credit Crunch to the line as Salino takes another major cup. And of course, has an important tick alongside its uh, form CV, had proven at the two miles. It won a Sydney Cup previously when Roddy Stewart rode it. Gave Chris Waller the second leg of a training double. Nash Rewilla had the right bit of emotion in Nash post-race. Uh, he, he said he's good friends with several of the people involved in Salino, but I don't know if there's a backstory there or not, but uh, it was quite a quite an emotional Nash talking after the race. Uh, yeah, it was. And that horse is just a 3,200-metre horse out and out. Obviously, uh, hadn't won since the, the Sydney Cup. He's running the Melbourne Cup. Uh, was OK. Warning, I think, should have won the race. Was dead set, you know... I reckon covered more ground than the early settlers that also we probably should have asked Anthony Friedman potentially but uh, that was a huge run in defeat the real disappointment of the race was the $3 favourite Teofilo I'll say that wrong Teofilo Star who was backing up from an impressive Flemington win a week earlier but it was interesting he could put in 20 lengths and I asked Adrian Bott post race and he said oh I just raced flat but they actually had to float this horse up from Melbourne rather than fly it up. So it not only raced last week, but, you know, had to be floated all the way to Brisbane and then race in a 3,200-metre race yesterday. So I've got to say, not probably the ideal preparation for that race. But, look, it's not like it got beaten five lengths. It got beaten 21 lengths. 100%. We've had a chat with Tony Gollan. Let's listen to some of his wins yesterday. And King Kappa takes out the listed Hinkler. Here's the replay. They're spread across the track and King Kappa giving his head, dashed away at the 300 metres. Opened up a pretty impressive lead. Back and you set sail it after him, then Rangers. Alpine there, Jeff Troop, the big goodbye of the Inferno. King Kappa in front, the margin being abbreviated by Rangers and also Back Wider F Troop with the big goodbye. King Kappa in front, he's holding a wall of them. He'll win. King Kappa from F Troop Rangers, not sure about fourth. The big goodbye of the Inferno and Back Then came Bandaper, Blondo. Followed by Alpine Edge, Vespertine, then Goldsboro, Grey Worm. Wellback was Axe. We own a smart one. Two you got Beauty Legacy and Prime Candidate pulling up towards the tail. Ben Thompson bouncing back here, seen to advantage on King Kappa, uh, winning at listed level. The $6 favourite beating F Troop, so it gave Tony Gollum the Cornella with Rangers, who won the race last year, running third. Yeah, absolutely, and good work from Ben Thompson to bounce back. It probably probably would have felt a bit down in the dumps after your Brick got turned over earlier in the day, but um, you're only ever as good as your last ride, and that was a good one. That was a nice confidence booster for him. Prime candidate bled for the second time here. He's out for life now, and we had a smart one. The jockey said didn't stretch out. Let's go to the Wayne Wilson Mile for Channel 7, and Antino was mightily impressive here. 
Travelling up towards the turn by the 600 metres. Big Boy Roy making play only narrowly now as Charmy Baby arrives on the scene to almost draw level. Kerwin's Lane stalks and pulls three wide. Sinawan just needing a run behind that trio. Mornovec trying to work into the clear, but Antino went by him pretty briskly too, I might say. Down with 300 metres left to go. All of a sudden, Antino raced up on the outside, drove to a clear lead and got away from his rivals. Running on was Dragon Leap from last, then Monovec, followed by Kerwin's Lane and Skyman. And Tito, well clear of the 50 metres, and he goes to the new level today. He does it impressively. He wins the Wayne Wilson. And Tito, beat home, Monomek, Skyman, Kerwin's Lane. They're followed at the head of the others by Dragon's Leap, and then came well back with Sinawan, Charmy Baby, and big boy Roy, knocked up pretty sharply, finished at the tail of the field. It's an old expression, but I think an appropriate one. The sky's the limit for this horse. Uh, as I said, I've been... A a long time coming to the table to think how good he was, but he showed that yesterday, a clear margin and fast time. Yeah, for sure. Jimmy Orman, when asked uh, if he would like to ride this horse potentially in Melbourne, four words. Bloody oath I do. <laughs> he doesn't want to get off this horse's back any time soon. The Oxlade was the opening race of the day. Here's the replay. They turn into the straight. 4.20 left to run infancy. Seriously challenged by the roughy Boom Master. Zuccaret is still grinding away. Namesake just behind them. A bounding try to run on. Down the outside was Isthmus. And even wider was Bangetta. Infancy with a little kick. Namesake comes off its heels now to give game chase. And Zuccaret is still boxing away. A bounding up to fourth. They got to infancy. Namesake reached the lead with 50 to go. A bounding's trying hard. He-Man from the back. But it's Namesake in front. And Namesake beat home. He-Man abounding. Photo fourth. Golden decade or infancy, then Queen of Dragons followed by Bangetta, then came Mighty, well back Golden Decade Isthmus and Boommaster Boommaster is last over the line This uh, race uh, I insert word myself because I thought there was no doubt namesake had won and I looked at the replay there was only a nose in it at the end, uh, it, it's, it's a, it, for me I got it right but it was a deceptive finish I, I thought it had won, not, not by a big margin, but maybe half head or a head. The margin was a nose. Yeah, nice pipe opener for Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace for what was to come in the JJ mm. Atkins and, of course, all the winners uh, they had in Melbourne. So, look, I think we're just about to wrap up. I'm going to actually go home, David, have a big feed. You know why? why? Because I can. I don't have to go on a starvation yeah. diet now with a Y5O, do I? So I might just go and tuck into some bacon and eggs and something like that. Chris Waller, 12 group winners this season. Marin Eustace, 11. Godolphin, 11. It goes right down to the wire for the last group one that touched TR in two weeks' time. Hey, Ben, we're taking a break here on Past the Post. You deserve it, of course. You've been very good over the last few months, but we'll be back in later July. But I just wanted to say to you, thanks for your contribution and your input. It's been wonderful over the last few months. Uh, thank you, and very, very good Strabroke call yesterday, David Fowler, one of your very best, I thought. Thank you, mate, and thanks for your company, folks. Look forward to your company tomorrow on Press Room. We're not going away there. Have a good day. Bye-bye.